Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome to another episode of Masala PTI Friends. This is your host, Aravind. I'm here with uh, my partner, Ravi. Ravi, happy Thanksgiving week. Uh, how is the sports world treating you this week? Uh, really well, Aravind. I think uh, we are all in the thick of the, the NFL football and fantasy football stretch run. So it is as exciting as we all hoped and prayed it would be in this COVID-stricken year. Plus, the NBA free agency has seen some already exciting development so all along i all along i think uh, in an otherwise drab year sports keeps us happy right especially towards the second half of the year so let's start with the nfl because uh, uh it's things are heating up like you said and uh you know there was a great game yesterday between the rams and tampa bay and you know tom brady basically it looked done uh, of course we have p- you know, put dirt on him many times. So I don't know if he's going to come back from this. Hopefully he does. The team is at seven and four and looking good, Ravi. But they, you know, they have been up and down, especially Brady. It was He was really down yesterday. Apparently he's been pretty bad at all the primetime games this year or something like that. So I just thought uh, we'll go over... Who do you think are the real contenders, right, in both NFC and AFC? Uh Let's start right there, especially since you and I have a vested interest in yeah, our favorite team, Arizona Cardinals, being in the mix after a few years. Yes. So it looks like right now as it stands, right, uh, I really like where the Saints are uh, at 8-2 and two, as well as Packers at 7-3. and three. Now, in the NFC West, uh, uh, Ravi, Rams and Seahawks are both 7-3, and three. But Cardinals are right behind them at six and four. I feel like there is really not much to pick between those three teams. And you correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like, uh, you know, our bias notwithstanding, I think those are three elite teams. And you can definitely put one of them, if not all of them, in the mix with uh, Packers and Saints. Now, I also feel like the Bucks are not far behind, especially if uh, uh, Brady gets his act together uh, during the playoffs. So given all that, I feel like the NFC is pretty much bunched up. You almost have to say that whoever makes the playoff probably has a shot, except the one from the NFC East, right? The NFC East is putrid. Other yes. than that, I feel like this is as uh, socialist and as uh, parity-ridden the NFC has been in a, quite a few years. I can't even pick a slam-dunk favorite in the NFC. How, how do you uh, handicap it? I, I agree with you. In fact, if you were to uh, ask me to pick just one team who I feel has been a little sliver above the rest, it would be the Saints. Uh, mm-hmm. who have their own problems. Overall, I am in complete agreement with you that the NFC feels like it's totally up for grabs once the playoff teams distill themselves, right? We're talking about yeah. 
the teams that get into the playoffs i think there is very little to choose between them the saints i kind of have as maybe a percentage point above the rest purely because of their resurgent defense in the last 3 weeks mm-hmm. uh, you know and this is despite the taysom hill factor on offense which i mean i guess the early rewards have been good but to me right. the real redeeming factor has been that the defense has held tom brady and matt ryan to less than 10 points in the la- in you know two of the last three weeks so to me the fact that the saints have a powerful defense with a fairly you know a- an always potent offense makes me feel a little bit more confident about them but overall i agree there are eight teams fighting for seven spots and those teams look fairly locked and loaded that's a fair point you make about the saints so there is an opportunity for them to separate here uh given their defense right yeah. but where i would differ from you is i have a similar kind of a, uh bias or some kind of a soft corner if you will for the packers too uh i know their defense has not been in the same class as the saints but i do feel like you know rogers is having a great season and he is they've had some weird losses right including the one yeah. against uh, colts last week and i feel like the ball has kind of bounced against them a couple of times you know you make your own luck in this league so maybe they are to blame but at the same time i feel like uh, if the ball uh, starts bouncing the other way they could uh, be formidable as well but but i I think both of us can agree that except for the NFC East which may be historically <laughs> bad uh, where all four teams are in contention literally to win the division but none of them have won more than 3 out of 10 games that's just do you remember anything like that no i do not and you know what's really uh, stupid and uh, you know really this is a this is an apology of a, of a of a division is the fact that this week once the cowboys or between the cowboys and washington whichever team ends up winning has a fairly mm-hmm. decent shot of being you know being the top seeded team at a record of 4 and 7 because it's more than likely again that the eagles will lose to seattle on monday night football so and that is putrid and i to your earlier point i agree with you i think the packers and the saints you could have a toss up and to me this season has proved more than any in the last four or five seasons that you never want to bet against aaron rodgers right he looks right. in peak, peak form the matchups almost don't matter Uh, I actually watched that Colts game uh, very carefully and everyone was talking about how the Colts have held all opposing offenses in check and nothing can be done about you know so they in fact from a fantasy point of view I was looking at it selfishly and everyone had pulled down Rodgers a few notches from his typical weekly QB ranking and for the m- most part of the game he looked as good as he has all year so so I agree right. with you Right, and then this chemistry with Devonte Adams is just seems Crazy. to be getting better yeah. every yeah. every year, every week, right? Um, so I feel like they can do some damage. Let's move on to the AFC, where it's things are a little bit more, uh, shall we say, stratified. Uh, where obviously the Kansas City Chiefs with Mahomes are just elite, right? And they're going to be elite, uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately. as long as mahomes is there i think that guy is just uh 
you know, you run out of superlatives to talk about him. I think he's legit. Um, as legit as they come at that age. And if you, as a fan, Ravi, I think he's just like watching Steph Curry in the NBA, right? He's just phenomenal. Unless you are also a fan of some other team in the AFC and you want, you know, Raiders or Steelers or somebody else to win. I think this guy is, is going to be on your way for the next, you know, 12 years. Absolutely. Uh, with that said, the funny part is they're actually one game behind the Steelers, right? Uh, Steelers are 10-0. Uh, the most interesting conversation there, Ravi, is one, what do we think about the Steelers? I still am not completely sold. I mean, if, I, I'm not even sure if they're that much better than the Bills and the Colts and the Titans of the world, right? Forget the Chiefs. So to me, Chiefs are number one. And the rest of the uh, AFC is not too different from the NFC in terms of I see a lot of parity with probably just out of respect, I would give a Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger and Steelers the edge, right? So I would say... The peer tiers are basically Chiefs 1, Steelers 2, and then a close third for uh, like everybody, every other contender there, which includes Coles, Titans, Bills. With one exception, I don't really uh, have not bought into like either the Cleveland Browns or the Dolphins, but I do believe, uh, you know, one of them, if not both of them, are going to get into the playoffs one way or the other. Uh, that's where I stand on the AFC. I wonder uh, what you would you would agree or disagree with in that. Yeah, for the most part, I agree with you. And to me, the what's again uh, a surprise has been that the Kansas City Chiefs uh, mm-hmm. are nine and one, with their only loss being again to the Raiders, and who were also very close, and they should have frankly beaten the Chiefs this last weekend. But right. that, both of those performances by themselves make me feel like the Raiders are a cut above all the other six and four, and frankly, for that matter, even one or two of the seven and three teams. The prime mm-hmm. among which I would say are the Browns. I think Browns have been incredibly lucky in the fact that the last two games have been in awful weather. Uh, right. Mayfield, Mayfield has sucked big time. They are held together by bad weather an okay defense and their running game. Uh, and same in terms of the Dolphins, yes, they are 6-4, and four, but I agree with you. It's been a very, uh, you know, mediocre 6-4. and four. So to me, <laughs> you know, on the AFC, you have some clear-cut good teams, uh, like, you know, the, the Steelers, the Chiefs. I would also include the Colts. We have to give the devil its due, and we have often trolled uh, Philip Rivers. But it seems yeah. like that's a team which figures a way to win against heavy opponents. So those three plus, you can include the, uh, the, the Titans as well. But after that, it feels like a crapshoot. I mean, the Ravens now, and especially with the whole COVID uh, you know, circus that hits the, that's hit them this week, uh, there is a good chance the Ravens don't uh, you know, even field uh, uh, eight or right. ten of their starters. So who knows what's yeah. going to happen with them. Yeah, and then they have to play Thursday night, right? Yes, uh, so they have to play Thursday night. And you know what I was thinking, and sorry, I'm going off uh, a little off topic here, but they have a game, I believe, this Thursday and then again the following Thursday, right? If I'm not wrong? I'm not sure on that. You may be right. 
so and if that is the case and if there are you know prominent players out on a covid reserve list it could essentially mean not one but two games right right as a, at a very inopportune time for them so one way to look at this ravi just to switch up the way we look at this right because you brought in raiders who i kind of left out of that tier uh, you are right they should be in there the problem i have with them is how much are you sold on car right derek car is having a fantastic season so let's say in that bunch right so let's leave Kansas City and Steelers up there. Uh, now you're looking at a Ravens team with Lamar, a Buff Bills team with Josh Allen, and you know my uh, man crush on Josh Allen. Yeah. And then you got Derek Carr with Raiders and Philip Rivers with uh, Colts, right? Now I totally get what you're saying about Colts, and especially they're really well coached and their defense seems to be decent as well. given that bunch not to mention our man derek henry and yeah. you know, mike rabel and uh, they, you know they are no chop liver in tennessee either so given that bunch right i tend to slide towards bills uh, i'm a huge fan of the bills mafia and basically i i would give them a slight edge but looks like you like the colts and the raiders better in that bunch is that right to say well see the thing is uh, uh, i i would if i were to rank those three i would say raiders bills colts my okay. uh, my allergy for philip rivers is enough for me to kind of keep him third or keep the colts third because i thought you know even in games they have won they have kind of won in spite of his uh, you know big headed mistakes at times Let's- Let's let, let me interrupt you there. How about you throw in Ravens and Titans in there as well? So let's this... leave out the Browns. Let's uh, maybe they will surprise us and make us look bad, right? But let's leave out the Browns, uh, or you can add them too if you feel like it. But basically, the tier I'm looking at is Bills, Colts, Titans, Ravens, and uh, Raiders. So to me, Titans would be one there. I wouldn't want to play Derrick Henry in December against <laughs> again against again. You know, it's it's. I think Rabel Rabel doesn't get as much credit uh, for his stat as he should. And you have actually mentioned it a few times. I know about you know how he's been very very uh, very creative in uh, in even taking delay of game or intentional fouls. But I think Titans would be number one there to me. Bills, Raiders, Colts. and then i forget which other team you mentioned oh ravens the, oh so ravens and browns to me bring bring up the rear i am actually been very disappointed with lamar this year uh, mm. he he himself has been kind of he's shown happy feet he's not running as well or as decisively as he was last season and most importantly i feel that when des bryant gets more targets and more catches than your quote unquote number one wide receiver hollywood right. brown then obviously there is something wrong in your pass catching crew so i think that's a severely flawed team and this whole covid mess is going to be severely injurious for the next two weeks at least right right i i agree so my ranking is i guess i would put the bills on top i think that's where uh, i am a little bit you know uh, tending towards the bills right now rest of it i agree with you probably put titans number 2 a close second 
Okay. And rest of them we might as well bunch them, right? The Raiders yeah. I would say is our third and then maybe Ravens and Colts uh, to me. Uh, uh but it's it's a fascinating uh, uh lineup though in both conferences i'm really excited to see how it ends up but we will we will uh, touch base again and see where we were right and wrong maybe i'll write it down just so we don't forget <laughs> yes absolutely um, you know one quick thing though arvin about the raiders because again they are our ex uh, local team no longer obviously but uh, what's been yeah. interesting about the raiders has been that there's not been one outstanding offensive or defensive player for them car is having a fantastic year but that is relative to his own performances in the last few seasons right so it's not he's not being exactly. still at the level of a mahomes or even a rogers josh exactly. jacobs started really well but if you are looking purely on the stat sheet he's not again standing out like a derek henry or a dalvin cook but for some reason in every game they are in the game irrespective of the opponent and they have pulled out more wins than not so including again against the wanted uh, chiefs so i'm actually very impressed by what gruden's been able to do this year yeah agreed agreed uh, you know i have also not been following them mostly because of my i i just can't believe they are not in oakland and they are yeah, in vegas agreed. anymore yeah right it yeah. it almost hurts me every time i watch them and that stadium is amazing <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of hel- healthy and unhealthy jealousy there <laughs> i'll be honest with you but right. uh yeah i'm not i try not to get too involved with them but definitely there is something cooking there so at a high level uh, uh aside from kansas city looks like uh you and i need to keep an eye on bills and titans respectively in the afc and nfc packers and uh, uh saints i think you are making the smarter picks here because i'm a little bit too biased towards good offensive uh, teams and you s- seem to strike a better balance between offense and defense that always works well in december and january but fingers crossed yeah uh, yeah go ahead No I was just saying all in all it is a very exciting year I mean other than as you said earlier the NFC East mandatorily sending one team to the playoffs feels like a travesty uh, but other than that it feels like <laughs> yeah, we have, that, we have yeah. a bunch of good teams uh, and no clear winner absolutely absolutely now uh, pivoting a little bit to fantasy Ravi anything you know the next week guys and girls are going to get into the fantasy playoffs maybe not next week but probably most of the leagues will get in in a couple of weeks including ours now uh, both of us are hanging by a thread in our league of record as far as making the playoff goes but regardless anything you see out there as uh, guys we could help during the playoffs now for me personally you know i was looking at pirain for instance in jets and then he got hurt last week right that's too bad especially with running backs this time of the year it's uh, pretty hard to get those guys uh, and then there is always some quarterback resurgence uh, right with car for instance he's still available in a lot of leagues uh, maybe not many uh, you know compared to a few weeks back but he's still out there and rivers like you mentioned is uh, seems to be showing some life uh, a vain gallman if you can still 
get your hands on him. And this Michael Pittman guy in, in Coles, if you want a receiver, those are some of the names of the top of my head. Aside from that, is there any uh, sleeper potential that uh, people are missing or I am missing or, or anything uh, you want to talk about? Well, you know, the, the, the one guy that I thought uh, would be, uh, you know, a, a sleeper potential guy was Burkhead, right? Rex Burkhead, who yeah. obviously, you know, has torn his ACL. So he's out. So I guess he's out of the picture. Uh, there were two other guys that I thought would be worth keeping a close eye on. One is Denzel Mims uh, on the Jets. His, you know, his, his snap mm. rate, his targets. And he seems to be, you know, kind of a consistent factor the last four weeks since he came onto the scene. And my bias also for the fact that this year's rookie wide receiver class has been spectacular. And True. from what I heard on a couple of podcasts, his stock was the highest. In some ways, I believe he's shown better than J- Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, and some of these guys. So if the Jets had a competent quarterback, coach, offense, etc., maybe Mims would have been higher on our, uh, you know, uh, our anticipation list. But he's someone that I'm looking for. Um, and something which is, uh, I guess, the whole world knows, but Eckler has been activated off the injured reserve for so far in any league where he may have been rage dropped, might be time to pick him, pick him back up. Right, right. But in most of the leagues that we are in, I think he's still rostered, right? Which is, yeah, yeah. You funny say that because I f- completely forgot about him. I thought he was out for the season. And then uh, I realize he's coming back, and that's that's a big one. If uh, people can kind of sneak in and steal him from the waiver wire if he's available, uh, See, that's yeah. that's a big one. But it's the irony where in most competitive fantasy leagues you don't always have a clear cut uh, leader of the you know of of you know in the in of a division. Obviously, in the in our league of record, there is one team which is nine and one, so it can afford to take some creative chances, but. Most of the competitive leagues have closely bunched teams at this stage of the season. You have your six and fives or seven and fours or fives and sixes, etc. So not too many of us have the liberty to take chances because if you were assured of a playoff spot, candidly, I would also take a chance on someone like a George Kittle who will be back in week 15. And I know Mm -hmm. for sure that more leagues have dropped him than even an Eckler. And think about the fact if you are in your division finals or even your fantasy Super Bowl finals and you have a George Kittle waiting on your bench. Nothing like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. But, you know, one of the problems with that, Ravi, and, you know, both of us are dealing with this in different leagues, is people like him and McCaffrey and... uh, Mixon, right? Yeah, like lesser extent, uh, Mostert, who is expected to be back this week, the longer they sit on the bench uh, injured, uh, and if the team is out of contention, are they even going to be back, even if they are healthy? Right? Yeah. Yep. That's, That's a, a big, big concern. But like you said, if you can stash them, why not? Right? Yeah. So I was thinking about it, and your and your point of view is exactly how I thought of it. And then I thought, you know, and this is again purely for selfish reasons because I own Joe Mixon in a couple of leagues, and I was thinking the same along. Along the same lines. But then I realized last season, Mixon was again out injured for a few weeks. And then they lost Dalton. Uh, Cincinnati lost Dalton for a while. And then they started the same idiot, Ryan Finley, for three games towards the end of the season. And those three games ended up being Mixon's 
top performing games of the year so good I guess i guess in some ways what you say makes sense but i think it makes sense when you are talking about a true gold chipper like a mccaffrey for some uh, you know for the next year it almost feels like if they are healthy they get to play right so that's uh, maybe i'm biased by my experience right i had aj green last year and he hmm. never came back right now right. same team cincinnati right they had no reasons to bring him back but there's one crucial difference ravi you just reminded me he was also coming up on a free agency year yeah, yeah. so maybe that is was why he he took the easy way out maybe it has nothing to do with whether cincinnati was contending or not right i'm sure if they were in contention he would have come back if he was healthy we don't even know how healthy or unhealthy he was but right. it looked like he was trending towards coming back and he never did but it was also because it was leading into a free agency here but you are absolutely right if it's not a free agency year and my, my point has always been i mean what else are you going to do you are a football player right you if you're healthy you play that's what i'm counting on for the mccaffreys and the mixons of the world now the other good thing here good news for the fantasy owners could be ravi the fact that there's an additional team going into the playoffs this year yes. i think so the more teams are going to be in contention right even though you and i mentally think the niners are out the niners are not out and they may no. not be out for several weeks so i am now feeling good about mustard actually coming back because they actually have something to play for they're just two games behind the seventh spot or whatever you want to call it actually they're only two games behind even higher spots in the playoff that's uh, right line, that's right? right and carolina is way back but there may be still a mathematical possibility that carolina is in play for a couple more weeks so that's good news for the fantasy owners i would think and and wasn't there and am i just did i just completely uh, imagine this but wasn't there a proposition what two weeks ago where the nfl owners signed off on a on a potential backup plan wherein if there were more more covid related cancellations they would actually have an eight team playoff per conference that's right that's an amazing point you bring i forgot about that yes and if that were the case there is a likelihood of maybe one possibly even two teams making it to the playoffs within sub 500 record so what's yeah. stopping the panthers and the niners from trying hard exactly so that's good news for fantasy owners of those players um none of this will probably help joe mixon and cincinnati but yes. like you said like you said <laughs> uh if he played last year he might as well play this year right right uh, right that's good news there as well cool um ready to talk some nba ravi let's, uh, let's do it <laughs> nba off season as always is is uh, prime entertainment sometimes even more so than the nba regular season games unfortunately but uh you know first and foremost uh, uh the lakers have gotten better ravi that's the bad news i don't know how much better they are uh i'm you know the 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 fan part of me want to say they it's not a sure in that they're going to win but honestly if i put my logical thinking hat on they're probably prohibitive favorites right they would have been even if they had just walked in with the same team but then they have replaced uh, rondo every bradley dwight howard javel mcgee and danny green with 
the likes of Montrose Harrell, uh, Schroeder, Margasol, West Matthews, right? At least on paper, it's an upgrade. I don't know how significant it is, but it is upgrade. At least they're getting younger in the case of Schroeder and things like that, right? Yes. Uh, Gasol is not the same player he used to be, but still is is at least a big name, a uh, former defensive player of the year and things like that. So that's one point, part of the offseason. Probably the most important part because at the end of the day, it's about winning championships. But then as, as Phoenix Suns fan, I think we have to be absolutely thrilled with what has happened this offseason, right? Started off, we kind of kicked off the offseason with the old Chris Paul trade. A bit of a gamble, but definitely a worthwhile gamble given where the team is right now. And then uh, James Jones has done a fantastic job of just adding you know, significant targeted pieces to that, right? Uh, whether it's the rookie Jalen Smith or uh, re-signing Dario Saric and Jawan Carter. I, I, and, you know, Jay Crowder is a significant addition on the wing. Uh, of course, they lost Ubre and Rubio. They had to give something up for uh, Chris Paul. All in all, I think it's a A, a minus or A plus draft, Ravi, for not draft off season for the Suns. And one other team I would like to talk about being here locally in the Bay Area is it's just been a disaster uh, to see Clay Thompson go yes. through another injury. That just makes me sad because uh, I was just looking forward to watching him play. There's, there's not a lot of things in sports as exciting as watching the Splash Brothers. And unfortunately, it looks like not only will we not see it for another year, we may never see it at the height, uh, you know, we, we were expecting to see it uh, for a few more years. I think that peak Splash Brothers may be done for good, and that makes me really sad. Uh, but uh, just to finish the thought on the Warriors, that really puts them uh, behind the eight ball, but they added Ubre and, you know, Wanamaker, which is, you know, neither here nor there, and they've also added Ken more lately, of course, James Weissman was their draft pick. So they have come out okay, uh, given Clay was, you know, Clay is gone. But with Clay, it would have been a, obviously a, a fantastic, uh, uh, you know, off-season. But without him, it's I don't even know how to uh, handicap them. So that's my initial string of thought on the off-season. As you can tell, I'm excited. I'm just going on and on. But I'm going to stop right there and... Uh, uh, let you share your thoughts on a few things, especially the Suns. Yeah, so I'll start with that. Actually, I'll start with the whole clay news. I mean, that in general at a human level felt so thoroughly deflating. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are two elements there. One is a guy that I felt was a was a very unique combination of being a superstar, but still almost universally liked, right? I mean, it wasn't... Yes. There wasn't one story about him which made you raise your eyebrows. And I just felt like... Here was a classic case of, you know, good guys, or rather great, great players can be good guys as well. Uh, And when you combine that with his chemistry with Steph in particular, but with the Warriors team overall, it felt like the most nicely tuned orchestra going. And now we haven't seen that in the last year, year and a half and not likely to see, hopefully for no more than a year. But to your point, who knows what happens after. So that was incredibly sad. And yeah. 
now only obviously uh, the only thing that could have balanced it out is everything that's happened with the suns which has been so darn promising um i've never been by the way i've never been a huge chris paul fan and there has been no logical yeah. reason for it it's just that i've <laughs> never felt he's taken kind of the league by the scruff of its neck and owned it but right but the fact that he's coming in as a very strong third wheel uh maybe he is the most important wheel but for what it's worth he's coming in as a very yeah. strong third prong of a you know of a of a of a uh, triumvirate which includes devin booker who in the bubble in my mind was the best player in on, in in the bubble and aiton who has the draft stock plus for what it's worth again when in his good games he looks like the dominant center he got drafted as so the three of them together plus the likes of a bridges and a cam johnson i think that's something to look forward to and builds further upon the 8 and 0 bubble team exactly that that's i think you you hit it on the head with chris paul right i have never been a big fan myself either yeah but then how can you not like what he did last year for the okc uh, thunder right no none yes. of us gave them a chance of making it to the playoffs not only did this guy uh, get them there he was clearly the leader and he had so many clutch moments and just was that steady hand in the fourth quarter and late in the game right that's what we are expecting out of him and for you know knock on wood for the first time in a while he had a healthy season uh, yes yes that right. has always been the knock against him right he, you just not cannot count on him at the right spot now that's why i said there's a gamble here because the guy is making like a freaking you know 18 trillion dollars or whatever he's making and then right. uh he has this injury history and he's pushing 35 36 years of age there are downsides to it but like you said this is the perfect fit for him this is a much better cast around him compared to what he had in OKC last year so obviously you are expecting much best better results out of him so i totally like the direction they are going in and you know the willingness to take on that salary is not uh, you know it's not a bad sign either from a ownership standpoint so ravi so so basically okc is that one team which is clearly out right for a while it looked like for the first time in I, forever all 15 teams in the west actually wanted to make the playoffs you know you can say oh, that's a very dumb statement everybody wants to win but let's face it often times some teams have no shot at winning right and they are right. clearly not expecting to win or make the playoffs they are building towards the f- future for instance uh, oh, memphis and okc were like that last year except memphis turned out to be way better than expected because of Jaw Morant right in his rookie year now this year they're totally in on the playoff chase right suns are totally in everybody is in for a while it literally looked like all 15 teams in the west wanted to make the playoffs and are thinking they can make the playoffs now ravi you have to take okc out uh, we did the same thing last year and they proved us wrong but i don't think this year they're going to be able to right they're clearly in the accumulation of picks phase and they have right. 18000 picks and i don't think they're going to make it the other interesting team ravi is if westbrook and harden both are indeed traded then you would assume houston goes into a different phase 
uh, either they accumulate picks or they are in a rebuilding and they may be out. With those two teams, assuming they are out, there are two spots. Now, obviously, you would put Suns in one of them at least. And then locally, I think a lot of people are expecting Warriors will be the other one. But West continues to be you know, brutal, right? There is New Orleans, which is going to be better. Memphis is going to be better. Minnesota wants a piece of this action. Kings, of course, want want in as well. So it will still be brutal. But I feel like Suns do have a path to uh, almost... Uh, uh, you would expect them to make the playoffs, is what I'm getting at. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, it's, so on it's that never point, a guarantee, but you would expect that they break into the top eight. Yes, yes, six. correct. So, so that's that's the one area most importantly where I feel the Chris Paul signing uh, will add tremendous value because given his experience, given the fact that to your point, he has taken much more inferior teams to the brink of success in the, in recent seasons. I mean, most importantly, the uh, the team last year. Uh, so, to me. The West is, as always, going to be an absolute dogfight. And maybe there will be a window uh, or a span of three to five wins that will distinguish someone who's a fifth seed and someone who's out of the playoffs. And I think those right. three, to, three to five wins with some late game steady hand or maybe even a, you know, a game winner is what you bring Chris Paul in for. The 8-0 exactly. bub- bubble team, the Suns team, they won eight games. Obviously, they didn't lose any, but still, and one of the things I remember that you and I talked about was that there was never a moment where they didn't feel like they could win the game. But if you extend that by 10 times, we're talking about an 80-game season, there are bound to be times where you need, you know, you're down by two, you've got to make your free throws. You cannot always rely on a Devin Booker to pull you out. And I think that's where Chris Paul makes all the difference in the world to get you those extra three to five wins every year. Right, absolutely. Now they have two guys who yes. are almost at the same level as far as being able to handle the clutch and all that, right? right two creators, right. you can put the ball on either guy's hand if one guy gets bottled up by a good defender, let's say, right? The Kawhi Leonard types. You you put the ball in the other guy's hand and there's just so many things he opens up. I agree with you. Um now I know you and I read a lot of different things. Any hot takes? Any uh, any things you expect with these trades? You know, obviously, uh, we do expect Harden and Westbrook to be moved at some point. It doesn't have to be right now. But anything interesting you have read, you have heard, you have seen? Uh, any hot takes? So uh, one thing, one thing that kind of uh, piqued my interest a lot was something uh, that Gambo, you know, John Gambadoro. <laughs> tweeted out yesterday that there is a chance the Suns actually, or he said there is a fairly good chance the Suns hang on to their mid-level exception that they currently have until after the season starts because in his perspective, there is going to be a very big-time, well-known player who might reach a buyout with his current team and the Suns are basically angling for that guy. He did not name who who this was, but I was just curious as to who he's talking about. Would you, would, you, would you have a sense for who that might be? That is a tough question. There are so many guys and, you know, in this league, there's so much discontentment and, you know, one guy is happy today and he's disappointed tomorrow. It's hard to predict who that would be. Off the top of my head, uh, you know, 
uh, I don't know. I can't even say who it is. I think a lot might depend on uh, who is going to be, which team is going to underperform, right? For instance, yes. yeah. Uh, let's say it goes south on one of these teams, then there will be more buyout conversation, right? For instance, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I can't even give you good examples right now uh, because things are so dynamic in this league right now. Um, one thing, one hard take, I think, Ravi, is this could be completely wishful thinking, uh, living in the Bay Area, or maybe I'm onto something here, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. I have a feeling that Warriors are going to inject themselves into a hardened trade. Now, I don't think they are going to get Harden himself. I feel like Harden is going to end up in Philly. Uh, Philly may have to eventually give up Ben Simmons, right? And I have a feeling Warriors are going to try and score either a Harden, that is less likely, but at least or a Ben Simmons in that trade. Now, obviously, I don't know why Houston would not take him. The only reason they wouldn't and would settle for a much inferior player like, let's say, Warriors send them Wiggins or something is because uh, they have to pay uh, Ben Simmons five years of max versus three years of max for Wiggins, right? So let's say they're not super thrilled with uh, Simmons. Uh, they think, okay, without Westbrook and Harden, we are going on a complete and total rebuild. They may actually take the lesser player for a shorter salary uh, runway, right? That's all my in my head. I have not read any legitimate rumors around it, but that's if I have to throw one hot take uh, at, at you, it would be that Warriors would try to inject themselves Try is, it's not even a breaking news, right? Probably every team is trying to do something, but uh, Warriors may become part of this whole hardened to Philly movement one way or the other. So, and the way you think they would plug in would be to kind of pry away someone like a Ben Simmons, right? So, you, you're not, you're not uh, thinking Harden himself is a candidate for the Warriors. There is a rumors around that too, by the way. In fact, I would say there are more rumors around that, but I don't see that happening for a couple of reasons. Though it may be nice for the Warriors now that there is no clay, because Harden can be their clay when clay is obviously out the entire year, and Warden can also be Curry when Curry is on the bench or whatever, right? Yeah. But I don't think they have the assets to make it work. Plus, I don't know if he's a good fit for them from a fit perspective, right? But at, the, at some point in the NBA, you got to collect talent. Talent greater, way greater than fit, right? In the NBA, it's different from other sports in that sense. Uh, but I think their ideal situation may actually be not getting hard on himself, but actually getting somebody like Ben Simmons in a three-way Uh Again, that's all my speculation. Now, if you throw it at a non-Bay Area person, right, everybody laughs at these things because nobody thinks Wiggins is worth anything. So yesterday yesterday on Twitter, I saw one guy tweet, uh, who says no, right? One of those things where uh, it's Wiggins traded for uh, 
Ben Simmons or something straight up and then another guy tweets and says who says no i give you two nickels and you gave me give me 100 dollars <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little bit of you know complete idiocy to a lot of what's coming out of the bay area versus what the rest of the world thinks especially with respect to wiggins let's get it straight it still is one of the worst contracts in the league and nobody thinks wiggins is anything right that's why i'm saying the only rationale for this Houston Rockets could be a they are not super impressed with Simmons b they think okay let's blow this thing completely up i would rather have less uh, a, a three year wiggins salary with a whole bunch of assets bunch of them from the warriors bunch of them from philly right they can get both assets in this scenario right uh, like like the warriors have the minnesota's pick next year and all that so they can take all of that right maybe they even get james wiseman right Who right knows? right and then they say okay you keep simmons i don't think he's a franchise guy you take him away i will make do with 3 years of wiggins maybe i'll flip him next year whatever and then i'll rebuild with assets that's the only scenario where this makes sense and that does make a lot of logical sense especially to your point if they feel like their ceiling or whatever you would call it has been reached with 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 the current nucleus exactly well they don't have a call to make on the current nucleus right unfortunately both the players want to leave yes that's uh, right that's now right. they don't have to let them go because they are all signed for a couple more years that's what the brave face they are putting up right now and that is true i mean they can go into the season with those guys but at some point they have to get some value out of them too so that's that's where it is hmm. cool right. anything else ravi nothing else that we haven't covered already i think we'll have a lot more to talk about as uh, the uh, nfl season starts heating up on the playoff race front yes definitely looking forward to it have a good thanksgiving break and we'll uh, talk again soon likewise talk to you soon and happy thanksgiving everyone <laughs>